Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Maxim. Hig, the son of Snell, withdrew into the crowd, but, interested in the fate of his benefactress, lingered until he should learn her doom, even at the risk of again encountering the frown of that severe judge, the terror of which withered his very heart within him. At this period of the trial— the Grand Master commanded Rebecca to unveil herself. Opening her lips for the first time, she replied patiently but with dignity, "'That it was not the want of the daughters of her people to uncover their faces when alone in an assembly of strangers.' The sweet tones of her voice and the softness of her reply impressed on the audience a sentiment of pity and sympathy. But Boaminoir, in whose mind the suppression of each feeling of humanity— which could interfere with his imagined duty, was a virtue of itself, repeated his commands that the victim should be unveiled. The guards were about to remove her veil accordingly, when she stood up before the Grand Master and said, "'Nay, but for the love of your own daughters, alas,' she said, recollecting herself, "'ye have no daughters. Yet for the remembrance of your mothers, for the love of your sisters, and a female decency, let me not be thus handled in your presence.' It suits not a maiden to be disrobed by such rude grooms. I will obey you, she added, with an expression of patient sorrow in her voice, which had almost melted the heart of Boaminoir himself. Ye are elders among your people, and at your command I will show the features of an ill-fated maiden. She withdrew her veil, and looked on them with a countenance in which bashfulness contended with dignity. Her exceeding beauty excited a murmur of surprise and the younger knights told each other with their eyes, in silent correspondence, that Brian's best apology was in the power of her real charms, rather than of her imaginary witchcraft. But Hig, the son of Snell, felt most deeply the effect produced by the sight of the countenance of his benefactress. "'Let me go forth,' he said to the warders at the door of the hall. "'Let me go forth to look at her again will kill me, for I have had a share in murdering her.' "'Peace, poor man,' said Rebecca, when she heard his exclamation. "'Thou hast done me no harm by speaking the truth. Thou canst not aid me by thy complaints or lamentations. Peace, I pray thee. Go home and save thyself.' Hig, who was about to be thrust out by the compassion of the warders, who were apprehensive lest his clamorous grief should draw upon them reprehension, and upon himself punishment, but he promised to be silent and was permitted to remain. The two men-at-arms, with whom Albert Malvacine had not failed to communicate upon the import of their testimony, were now called forward. 
though both were hardened and, and inflexible villains, the sight of their captive maiden, as well as her excelling beauty, at first appeared to stagger them. But an expressive glance from the preceptor of Templestowe restored them to their dogged composure, and they delivered, with a precision with whom it seemed suspicious to more impartial judges, circumstances either altogether fictitious or trivial, and natural in themselves, but rendered pregnant with suspicion by the exaggerated manner in which they were told, and the sinister commentary which the witnesses added to the facts. The circumstances of their evidence would have been, in modern days, divided into two classes, those which were immaterial, and those which were actually and physically impossible. But both were, in those ignorant and superstitious times, easily credited as proofs of guilt. The first class set forth that Rebecca was heard to mutter to herself in an unknown tongue, that the songs she sung by fits were of a strangely sweet sound, which made the ears of the hearer tingle, and his heart throb, that she spoke at times to herself, and seemed to look upward for a reply, that her garments were of a strange and mystic form, unlike those of women of good repute that she had rings impressed with cabalistical devices, and that strange characters were broidered on her veil. All these circumstances, so natural and so trivial, were gravely listened to as proofs, or, at least, as affording strong suspicions that Rebecca had unlawful correspondence with mystical powers. But there was less equivocal testimony, which the credulity of the assembly or of the greater part greedily swallowed, however incredible. One of the soldiers had seen her work a cure upon a wounded man, brought with them to the castle of Torquilstone. She did, he said, make certain signs upon the wound, and repeated certain mysterious words, which he blessed God he understood not, when the iron head of a square crossbow bolt disengaged itself from the wound, the bleeding was staunched, the wound was closed, and the dying man was, within a quarter of an hour, walking upon the ramparts, and assisting the witnesses in managing a mangonel, or machine for hurling stones. This legend was probably founded upon the fact that Rebecca had attended on the wounded Ivanhoe when in the castle of Torquilstone. But it was the more difficult to dispute the accuracy of the witness, as, in order to produce real evidence in support of his verbal testimony, he drew from his pouch the very bolt-head, which, according to his story, had been miraculously extracted from the wound. And as the iron weighed a full ounce, it completely confirmed the tale, however marvellous. His comrade had been a witness from a neighbouring battlement of the scene betwixt Rebecca and Wagilbert, when she was upon the point of precipitating herself from the top of the tower. Not to be behind his companion, this fellow stated that he had seen Rebecca perch herself upon the parapet of the turret, and there take the form of a milk-white swan, under which appearance she flitted three times round the castle of Torquilstone, then again settle on the turret, and once more assume the female form. Less than one half of this weighty evidence would have been sufficient to convict any old woman, poor and ugly, even though she had not been a Jewess. United with that fatal circumstance, the body of proof was too weighty for Rebecca's youth, though combined with the most exquisite beauty. 
The Grand Master had collected the suffrages, and now, in a solemn tone, demanded of Rebecca what she had to say against the sentence of condemnation which he was about to pronounce. "'To invoke your pity,' said the lovely Jewess, with a voice somewhat tremulous with emotion, "'would, I am aware, be as useless as I should hold it mean, to state that to relieve the sick and wounded of another religion cannot be displeasing to the acknowledged founder of both our faiths, were also unavailing. To plead that many things which these men, who may heaven pardon, have spoken against me are impossible, would avail me but little, since you believe in their possibility. And still less would it advantage me to explain that the peculiarities of my dress, language, and manners are those of my people. I had well nigh said of my country, but alas, we have no country, nor will I even vindicate myself at the expense of my oppressor, who stands there listening to the fictions and surmises which seem to convert the tyrant into the victim. God be judge between him and me, but rather would I submit to ten such deaths as your pleasure may denounce against me, than listen to the suit which that man of Belial has urged upon me, friendless, defenceless, and his prisoner. But he is of your own faith, and his lightest affirmations would weigh down the most solemn protestations of the distressed Jewess. I will not therefore return to himself the charge brought against me, but to himself, yes, Brian de Bois-Gilbert, to thyself I appeal, whether these accusations are not false, as monstrous and calamitous as they are deadly. There was a pause. All eyes turned to Brian de Bois-Gilbert. He was silent. Speak, she said, if thou art a man, if thou art a Christian, speak. I conjure thee, by the habit which thou dost wear, by the name thou dost inherit, by the knighthood thou dost vaunt, by the honour of thy mother, by the tomb and the bones of thy father, I conjure thee to say, Are these things true? Answer her, brother, said the Grand Master, if the enemy with whom thou dost wrestle will give thee power. In fact, Bois-Gilbert seemed agitated by contending passions, which almost convulsed his features, and it was with a constrained voice that at last he replied, looking to Rebecca, "'The scroll! The scroll!' "'Aye,' said Bois-Manoir, "'this is indeed testimony. The victim of her witcheries can only name the fatal scroll, the spell inscribed on which is, doubtless, the cause of his silence.' But Rebecca put another interpretation on the words extorted as if it were from Bois-Gilbert, and glancing her eye upon the slip of parchment, which she continued to hold in her hand, she read, written thereupon in the Arabian character, Demand a Champion. The murmuring commentary which ran through the assembly at the strange reply of Bois-Gilbert gave Rebecca leisure to examine and instantly to destroy the scroll unobserved. When the whisper had ceased, the Grand Master spoke. "'Rebecca, thou canst derive no benefit from the evidence of this unhappy knight, for whom, as we well perceive, the enemy is yet too powerful. Hast thou aught else to say?' "'There is yet one chance of life left to me,' said Rebecca. "'Even by your own fierce laws, life has been miserable—miserable, at least, of late.' but I will not cast away the gift of God while he affords me the means of defending it. I deny this charge. I maintain my innocence, 
and I declare the falsehood of this accusation. I challenge the privilege of trial by combat, and will appear by my champion. And who, Rebecca, replied the Grand Master, will lay lance in rest for a sorceress? Who will be the champion of a Jewess? God will raise me up a champion, said Rebecca. It cannot be that in merry England, the hospitable, the generous, the free, where so many are ready to peril their lives for honour, that there will not be found one to fight for justice. But it is enough that I challenge the trial by combat. There lies my gage. She took her embroidered glove from her hand, and flung it down before the Grand Master with an air of mingled simplicity and dignity, which excited universal surprise and admiration. End of chapter 37「Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.